Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, hello, everybody. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Got an exciting show for you. Uh, Alex could not be with us today, so it's just me. I am in Prague. And the well, before I get into that, I just want to tell you guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to check out the show notes, to check out the transcriptions of these podcasts, to get some cool bonuses, uh, to join, excuse me, to join our email list, to be notified of new podcasts as they get released. And please, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. We love seeing the reviews. We read them regularly. And it just lets us know that you're out there, that you're listening, that you like the show. And you can let us know if you want us to improve something or not. Um, so I'm in Prague right now. And one of the big reasons why I'm in Prague is because of the guy that I have on the line with me now, Steve Cook. Because Steve, very early on, when I first started following him on Flipping Homes, um, started talking about like things that other investors and other teachers were not talking about, like you know what, you don't have to make a million dollars to be happy. <laughs> or, you know what, you should think about life first and business second and start thinking about, this was revolutionary for me at the time, start thinking about how designing a vision for your life first. What do you want your life to look like? What's important to you? What are your values? What's the vision for your life? And then build a business around that. You've heard me say it a hundred times. And when you hear me talking about it, it's Steve Cook's uh, that it was Steve Cook that really planted this stuff in my head. And uh, so, Steve, I'm really glad you're on the show. I, I just wanted to give people a little context of what, uh, how much you, you have blessed my life. I almost said how much your ministry has blessed my life. It is, it is a ministry, but you don't necessarily call it that. It's just, it's just you living out life and in, 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 in applying that to business. You know what I'm saying, Steve? I know exactly what you're saying, Joe, and I... So appreciate hearing you say that because our whole passion is in making a difference in the lives of people and just by sharing things with them that they have really never heard of before. We're also focused on getting out there making money that we never get around to living life. And yeah. some of us have been very good at making money. And at some point or another, we got to take a step back and say, okay, what, what do we do with it now? And even if we don't get to that point where we make a lot of money, we can still live an incredible life. And that's our focus over at Life and Air is, is exactly. to help others really make a difference. So Steve Cook started Life and Air. And if you've heard of the Life and Air before, um, I've been, interviewed Steve a couple times on the podcast. If you just go to lifeandair.com, instead of millionaire, do Life and Air. Uh, they, S Steve and Sean also wrote a really good book called Life and Air that you can get on Amazon. Uh, but one of the reasons why I'm here, and this is now the second time I've been to Prague, and last year the second time we've been to Prague for over two or three months for about two or three months last year, we went on an RV trip for three months is because going through the whole life and air process, I sat down with my wife and said, what do we want to do with our life? You know, do we want to wait till we're 65 and the kids are out of the house before we travel and go see the world? You know, we want our kids to have a missions uh, heart. We want them to see the world. We want them to not feel like they're stuck in a cocoon in the United States, you know? So, we homeschool our kids and we travel as much as we can. I wish we could travel more. <laughs> My wife doesn't, but uh, we do get out there a lot. And so 
we just said, all right, we want to do this. We want to travel the world. And I want a business that allows me to do that. I want a business that allows me to flip properties from anywhere in the world. And so Steve has been my coach for, for years and years. Even before I officially, quote unquote, signed up, Steve, uh, you've been my coach since, I don't know, 2006 when you were doing flipping homes. That's <laughs> been a long time. Well, I, you've been a great student, so I, I wish everyone paid attention the way that you do. But we, we're very, very fortunate. We have so many success stories and um, just tons and tons of people whose lives are changing. And, you know, we, we all, I think we all look up to each other. And, you know, I know many of them look up to you, Joe. Well, I appreciate that. Steve and I have become friends as well over the years. And I still uh, value uh, coming to Steve as a, you know, as a mentor, but I also consider him a friend. And on this podcast, I want to just make sure, first of all, I guess everybody needs to go to lifeinair.com, check out Steve's website, and get the book. The book, you can get it on Amazon, uh, Life and Air. Just, Google, uh, just go to Amazon, look up Life and Air. The book is fantastic. It's really good. It tells a story, like a real-life story of, it, of this guy. It basically tells the life, teaches the Life and Air principles in a story of a guy that almost anybody reading it can relate to, either the guy or the wife, right? So go get that book. On this podcast, we're going to focus on new construction. And Steve, if you know, if you, if so many people know Steve, but I'll just tell you, he kind of got started in real estate wholesaling. He's just wholesaling houses, a ton of them actually. Uh, probably has wholesaled more houses than maybe a few of the – he's one of the few – I guess what I'm trying to say is you've wholesaled more houses than maybe many people in the United States have. Um, you've done tons and tons of homes. Um, and you've done all kinds of different kinds of deals as well. You've done a lot of rehabbing. You've done a lot of – you used to do a lot of notes and lease options, I think, it's way at the very beginning. Right, Steve? I did, yes. And, in fact, my company was called Rent to Own Homes when I first got started, and that was my primary focus. And and eventually doing owner financing, but uh, for the most part, uh, flips, but I have had my hands in a little bit of everything. Yes, and so he's done it all, is what I'm trying to say. Not so successfully, but you've done it all. And so in the last couple, three years, you've been doing a lot of new construction, which you started doing new construction, Steve, when the market was like pretty much at its bottom, at, at the worst, wasn't it? I, it was. Um, in fact, I was a little bit hesitant to even get started with it just because the market was really bad. And especially here where I live, um, here I am getting ready to go out there and build new houses. And, you know, a new house, the price point that it needed to be at, I could count on both of my hands every home that had sold for that price point okay. in the last five years. So you so live in, can we tell people where you live? Sure, little small town Wisconsin, Baraboo. <laughs> Baraboo, Wisconsin. Who has heard of Baraboo, Wisconsin? It's a beautiful little town, but in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. And Steve is now building these new homes and killing it. Um, and you've been doing this now for three, maybe more years. And you started when the market was flat, like there was nothing selling. Uh, so, Steve, tell us maybe. Go back a little bit, and why were you starting to get interested in new construction? How did you? What kind of opportunities did you see back then? Well, first, I'm going to have to go way back, Joe, to okay. you know early in my investing career, and you know as a flipper, uh, I, I rehabbed houses, wholesaled houses, 
Um, I, I was back in Baltimore at that time. I was not here in the small town of Wisconsin, but I was in Baltimore, Maryland, um, a place where we just had thousands of real estate investors. And I was probably the biggest investor in town at the time as far as volume of deals. And I, was, I probably remained there for years uh, on end while I, while I lived there. Um, I had this desire to take my business and completely systematize it, to open up um, offices in every major metropolitan area across the city, uh, I'm sorry, across the country. And I was just doing a search. I was trying to get all the information that I could and trying to pick the brains of the best investors out there and just trying to figure out how can I turn this into a business that will just thrive? How can I um, systematize it and have a location in all of these different places? And, you know, I, I was honest enough with myself, Joe, after having been out there trying to make that happen to realize that there wasn't anybody in the country who had completely systematized this business. There was nobody who could put the systems in place and walk away from their flip business and just let it run itself. Right. And, but I did see something else. I did see that new home builders could systematize their business and walk away from it. And uh, in fact, there were plenty of publicly traded new home construction companies out there who uh, were just huge, huge companies, but there wasn't a single publicly traded single family home renovation flip business, not one. And there never will be either. Yeah. And I came to realize in that moment that the flip game was, is the little man's business. Um, it, it's not a business that can be fully systematized. In fact, it is a uh, it is something where the little guy can make a very, very good income in if they're working hard. But you'll never turn it into a business that is saleable, that you can walk away from and have it run while you're away. Um, you know, we, we might be able to go on vacation for a week and have it run, um, but you, it can never be a non-owner-operated um, business where we can just step aside from it and collect checks from it. And so... Um, I, I, for years, I tried to figure out why. What you know? What was the reason why? Why was this not a business that we could systematize? And you know, it took me quite some time to really figure it out. But when it comes to new home, or I'm sorry, when it comes to single-family home flips, we cannot control the inventory. We do not know how many deals we're going to get this month. We do not know how many. Uh, what location it's going to be in, how much work it's going to need, what type of home it's going to be. Uh, we can't set up systems and standards when we can't control that part of our business. Uh, in order for a system to work, it has to have an input so that it can have an output. And we can't control the input when it comes to the systems and the rehab business. Uh, we never know where the next deal is coming from or what condition or what size or what part of town or how much we're going to pay for it or how many of them we're going to get. And, and so when people attempt to put those systems into place, those systems require something go into it. And so what I have seen over and over again, everybody who's attempted it, they start buying homes and paying too much for them just to keep the system going. They got to make sure the guys, their staff is employed and has work to do and so it, that eventually breaks down the system when you have to start paying too much and start doing deals that really aren't profitable and you're doing them for the sake of keeping people busy, you ruin it. And so 
early in my career, I had this interest in new construction. However, I was scared of it and uh, just was too scared to really take the plunge. And, you know, at at the end of the day, Joe, I was scared of rehabbing too, but I did it and it became second nature to me. And uh, I knew in time that new construction would be, but there were just some unknowns with new construction that kept me out of the game for years. Okay. And uh, and I, I didn't I didn't jump in and, and dive all in until the last few years. Okay, the last few years. So you left Baltimore, which is a big market. You would think Baltimore high demand for housing. Wisconsin not so high. I'm not I'm not I'm not bashing Wisconsin. It's a beautiful state. It really is. It's gorgeous. But you wouldn't think like Baraboo, Wisconsin. A lot of people are wanting to buy new homes there. But that's not the case, is it? Not the case at all. Um, You know, I I left Baltimore thinking that I left my prime earning years behind me. Um, You know, I had had a really good run. I made a lot of money there, and I really moved here just to slow down. But uh, the last two years have been my best years ever. And, uh, And so to think that you have to be in a big city to make really good money is a fallacy. Um, I, I could be doing the same thing in Baltimore as I'm doing here right now, uh, but the difference is that uh, you know I've created a business that can run itself. Uh, I only spend about two hours a week on the business right now because I choose to be that involved with it, but uh, I wouldn't have to be involved at all. Um, we are very fortunate, Joe, in the little town that we are in that I'm not too far from Madison, Wisconsin, but we also have... Uh, the, one of the Midwest's largest tourist areas, only about 10 miles up the road. And you know, you're familiar with it. You spent time there with me. Yeah. And, uh, and so we are in a, a really good little town here. And just like anywhere else, most people would rather buy a new house than an old house. And, you know, there, there's the person who out there who just doesn't want old inventory. They want something new. And, you know, we're, we are benefiting from that market. Yeah. So some of the big advantages to new construction are there it's easier to systemize, right? And automate to be run it's a business that can literally be run without you because once the systems are in place, every almost like every detail of a new construction home is the same, right? Because when you're rehabbing a house or when you're wholesaling a house, every deal is different. <laughs> and you can't write up a procedure on on a hundred different possibilities and things that can come up in a rehab or in a wholesaling deal. But I think it can in new construction, right? Exactly. I mean, our houses are the same thing over and over again. We, for the most part, go with the same floor plan over and over, and we just change the fronts of the home. We change colors and stuff inside of the home and different flooring and things like that to give each of them a, a little bit of uniqueness. But you know, otherwise the homes are the same thing and we just build it over and over again. And, you know, the beauty is I can stand in front of one of my houses and I can see two or three of the existing projects that are going on. And I can tell you where I'll be building two months from now. And I can tell you where I'll be building six months from now. And I can even, uh, in, in some cases tell you where I'll be building a year from now. I, mm-hmm. my deals are already lined up for the future. I don't have to get out there and find my next deal, um, because they're, it's already done. And when you sit there and you do this business the right way, you can have your next few years planned out for you. So it's, uh, 
it, it's a lot different. We can really control the systems and we know exactly how many homes we're going to build in the next six months. And we know exactly where they're going to be because I can see them from the, the front porch of a house that I'm currently building. And so there are definitely many, many advantages to the business. So you can, I think it's really fascinating that you can keep the floor plans very similar, maybe change them and tweak them a little bit. But when you change the front of the house, you change the colors and maybe it's the fixtures, it can be, it can look like an entirely different house, can it? Absolutely. We, I just had a number of people out here last week and they were sitting here looking at the homes and we had three houses right next to each other and all three of them had the exact same floor plan. But they were just blown away because looking at the fronts of the homes, they look like three completely different houses. <laughs> but we found a floor plan that works, so we just keep going with it over and over again. People love it. And, uh, and, and in fact, they come on into a house that's completed, and they say, I want a house just like this one. Because usually when they're completed, they're already sold. Yeah. But they'll say, we want one. We love this floor plan. We want one just like it. And we just keep building it over and over again. Nice. So I like the fact, too, that these your business is easier to forecast and plan. Um, so you can actually project with pretty good accuracy um, your budget, your, your schedule, your cash flow over the next one to two years as long as demand is you know, still good for housing because uh, you know how long it takes you to build these houses, right? You know how much it's going to cost you. And as long as you know where you're going to be building, if you have the lots, I imagine it's really, really easy to systemize. And you mentioned something too. You can sell these houses before they're even done. How does that work? Well, that's, one, that's another beautiful thing about this business versus rehabbing. Um, you don't get to sell a rehab too often in advance or you don't get to use your buyer's money in advance. I don't want to say that it never happens, but it is so rare but when it comes to new construction, it's customary. Um, it, you know, you can have a house, and our houses sell pretty quickly. The moment we're done with them, we have contracts on them, and sometimes we sell them sooner. But during that time when we're waiting to get that house to settlement, we use it as a model home, and then using that home as a model home helps us to sell. Sometimes we sold as many as five houses from one model, but usually sell one or two more homes from that. And so we use the homes and then we can pre-sell them, in which case I might go ahead and just build the house and, and uh, I'm pre-selling it. But in other cases, we have people who come to us and say, we want you to build a house just like that one for us. And we use their money in everything. We have no risk. Um, I, I don't have to build a house and sell it to make my profit. We make our profit as we build. And uh, so... It, we are able to pre-sell houses and have them done before we ever even complete them. In some cases, they're pre-sold, and then we just got to get it to settlement to get paid. But in other cases, we use their money, not our own wow. money. And, and so it's a beautiful business. And this is a fantastic business for people who are trying to figure out how to get started. When they can get out there and control some lots, Joe, and if they can draw up some house plans – you can begin to market a house to be built on that property. You don't need any of your own money. The moment somebody expresses an interest in it, you have them go out and get their own money and you use their money to do the deal. <laughs> you don't use your own. And so uh, some plans that you can get drawn up for 
you know, a few hundred bucks having a, a drafts person or somebody just draw up something for you that you can use for marketing purposes, a few hundred dollars, you can be in business marketing new homes to be built. So it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful business. Now, um, I want to be talking to you. You were mentioned using your buyer's money. I, I, I imagine you could also partner with other investors if you're just getting started to actually build these homes as well, right? Not necessarily bring on private investors, but you could partner with other people. Is that what you've done in the past with any of these homes? I have. I've done joint ventures. As you know, I have a, a lot of friends in, in the business who they're looking to put money to work and I like to put money to work and we have people who have money in their IRAs and they want to put it to work. So I let them fund these deals. So when I'm building a spec house, they fund the deal. And uh, once the house is sold, their IRA gets paid back and they make some profit on it. And I make some great money selling a house. Nice. Okay. So I got some questions for you, but let's, let's talk some numbers, I guess. In the last several years you've been doing this, about how many houses have you built? How many houses do you plan on building in the near future? And maybe you could talk about profit, like what's your average profit on these deals? Well, we have uh, about 22 houses now that we've built in the last two and a half years. Um, we are just short of breaking ground on about one house every month. As you know, we're here in Wisconsin and our winters are brutal. And so we tend to get slowed down a little bit in the winters. But as long as we have good weather, we're, we're, we're putting a hole in the ground for a new house about one a month. Okay, great. And so uh, I could probably do a little more than that. I don't want to. I, I like the pace that we're going. Um, I will tell you that when I first started, uh, my goal was to build a house that could compete with the existing inventory in town. I did not want to build a house and sell it for um, what a new house should sell for because the market was so slow, I didn't think I would be able to sell it. So my goal was to come up with a home be able to sell it for considerably less than what most people thought a new home should sell for, but compete with existing inventory, put a new house up against existing inventory that was selling. And so we had to really focus on getting our price points down. Now, this was the key. This is another beautiful thing about new construction, Joe, because one of the reasons I was scared of it for so long was that whenever I talked to a builder about building houses for me, they would tell me $100, $110, $120 a square foot to build a house. And I, it didn't take too long for me to calculate the numbers and say, well, I can't make money doing that. Yeah, There's no, there's no profits for me in that if I spend $100, $110 a foot on the house. And the, the only way I can make that kind of money or make money on it is to build homes in five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000 or up areas and you know, that just doesn't exist where I live today. Which, by the way, keep this in context. When you were getting in here, into the business, most of the home builders that were hurt the most when the market crashed were the ones who were focusing on the McMansion homes, right? The homes that were higher than the median price range. Where, where like if, if in the Midwest, median price range might be one hundred and fifty to 200000 A lot of the home builders that were hurt the worst were building um, – Homes like in the three hundred thousand dollar range and higher, I, correct? Right. So absolutely, and that's where what what you've done here is really unique, I think, and I love it because you're not building um, speculative homes. You're building homes that you know people want. These are simple three to four bedroom houses 
They're probably, I'm just going to guess, I've seen them. I've been to several of your houses, Steve. They're around 2,000 square feet, right? Simple two-car garage. Am I, am I right? Yep. We, uh, we're actually pushing uh, about 1,600 square feet on the main level, and we're finishing off about 1,100 square feet in the basements, putting a full family room, another bedroom, and a full bath in our basements now. So we're, we're running 26 to 2,700 square feet of finished space right now. Which also means you're not having the really ultra high end finishes either in these homes, but they still look really nice, right? Yeah, we are going with very nice finishes, but not luxury finishes. Uh, we're going with four mica countertops, not granite. We're going with very nice looking laminate floors, not hardwoods. Um, so we we're, we're just building an affordable home for people, and so we've got first time buyers, we've got retirees. We've got people who are moving up to our homes, and uh, but the, for the discriminating buyer who you know makes a lot of money and wants luxury, we're not building those homes for them. We're we're building for the largest segment of the market, in my opinion, which is why we're having such uh, success with selling the houses. So, what average price per square foot are you building these homes at? Well, this is the beautiful thing, and uh, in trying to figure out how to build a house in such a way um, that we could get the price point down and compete with the existing inventory, I had to get my costs down. And $100 a foot was not going to work. And uh, I always knew that there was a way, somehow, some shape, way, or form, people were building these houses for less. And I knew that the big companies were building them for far less money, all the publicly traded companies. And you know, we got out there, Joe, and we figured out the secrets of the big publicly traded companies. Huh. And I tell everyone now that we are building our homes for under $60 a square foot. Wow. And while when I sit there and I tell that to people, so many people do not believe me, Joe. They think that I'm telling them a lie. And I've gotten almost what seems like hate mail from some people <laughs> when they tell me, they, they come back and they say, you're right. You can't do that where I live. You know, I'd love to see you show me how to do that. And I tell them, well, I, I can. And I say, but, you know, when, when, when I've had people out here with me and spending time with me, I say, guys, listen, I have to confess. I was not honest with you when I told you that I was building these houses for $60 a foot. In fact, the reason I wasn't honest with you is because I knew that you would have a hard time believing me when I told you 60, but the home you're standing in right now, I built for 49 a foot. Uh-huh. And the one that we were just in, I built for 51 a foot. And Now, Steve, you're not, just so I'm clear too, you're not buying this stuff like from China. You're not buying directly from some like overseas shipping them directly to you, right? You, you, where are you buying these materials at? Oh, we're buying them all right here from the local building supplier. We're buying them from Menards, which is... <laughs> People who don't have a Menards near them, it's the equivalent of a Home Depot or a Lowe's. Um, right. You know, for most most of my homes, one hundred percent of the materials are bought from Menards. We we didn't go anywhere else. Save and, big money at Menards. Okay, that's ahead. it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, our 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 secrets is we we evaluate every line item, so we, we're making sure that whenever we're buying materials. We're getting the best price that we can, but our biggest savings comes on the material side. Uh, I'm sorry, on the labor side, not the materials. Right. Okay. Uh, our biggest savings comes on the labor side, and uh, you know we've just learned 
how to negotiate with contractors and get the pricing that we need to get in order to um, build at a, a affordably so that we can make a profit. Our profits are made because we build for the right price. And so you were asking, what are my profits now? I am almost embarrassed to admit sometimes that in some cases on a $230,000 home, I've netted over $70,000. Um, our profits exceed uh, over 50000 per house now, but we're even getting, uh, I would say that the average today is about $60,000 per house. And there's two things that really contribute to that. Number one, I went and tied up a whole bunch of lots while the market was slow and I got my lots cheap. And secondly, we're building right. The, the cost for our construction is really affording me the opportunity to make some really good profits. So, um, you know, we're, we're probably averaging about $60,000 per house. Nice. Now, can you still buy lots for cheap, or are they getting harder and harder to find? Um, harder to find at the prices that I tied them up, but an abundance of them where I can still make a very nice profit. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, instead of making sixty thousand per home, I might make forty-five, and uh, so uh, just by paying you know, extra for the lots. But that's not a bad thing. That is still a very substantial profit for what I basically consider to be like an ATM machine right now. We just build the house and about five months later, I go pick up a check. So are you seeing the prices in Baraboo, Wisconsin uh, rising up as well now? Oh yeah, I have. Uh, and what some people in town will tell you is that I have single-handedly um, increased the prices in this town from where they were. Uh, you know, the very first house that I did sell, we sold for 175 uh, The one that I am going to be signing the paperwork on tomorrow and picking up my check on is at 239.9. Wow. So we have gone up uh, about $65,000. And these in homes price. are all these are homes are all similar to, and in the same areas that w- where you started with, right? Yep, they're all in the exact same area. Um, in fact, the one that I'm going to be closing at 239.9 uh, tomorrow, from its front porch, I can see the one I sold for 174.9. Holy smokes. And and uh, there are some little differences. We, we've done a little bit more, and I've been spending a little bit more as the prices have been going up, trying to justify the price increases. But for all intents and purposes, very uh, substantially similar homes. I think finishing the basements uh, is, means a lot as well and helps you uh, command that higher price, I would imagine. It, it just pops. People want it. And uh, they show up at the homes, they walk into the basement, and it was not what they expected to yeah. see when they walked in there. Uh, all of a sudden, they see this big, gigantic family room, and they go and they walk around the corner, and there's a big, beautiful, brand-new bathroom and then a bedroom. And they they don't see that when they walk into a house and, and walk into the basement of a house. So it's an unusual sight for them to see, and they fall in love with the home. Steve, knowing what you know in Wisconsin – and how you build these homes, do you feel like, and knowing what you know on how to find in, in the contractors, do you feel like you could go into most any market in the U.S. And, and do the same thing you've done in Wisconsin? I absolutely know that I can because I've had the same kinds of relationships back in Baltimore. Um, you know, I've had similar relationships with four or five different uh, uh, builders throughout my investing career. Um, not that long ago, I had somebody come up to me. They came here to Baraboo. They wanted to see what I did, and they said, Steve, 
this isn't going to work where I live. You live in this little town. (laughs) This will work here, but it won't work where I live. And they said to me, they said, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give it a shot and I'm going to do what I can to make it happen. And, uh, within, uh, three weeks of them being here with me, they said, Steve, I cannot believe it, but I have two builders right now ready to go and do the same thing that your guy does. And I said, I told you, I mean, it's not, this isn't a unique market where this will only work here. It's a matter of you knowing um, how to work with them, how to put it together the right way, and it will all fall into place. I'd like to talk with you more about contractors and lots, because I think that's a really two important keys to make this all happen. Um, can you talk about how you find your contractors and how you get such good pricing with them? Well, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll share a few things with you. Um, as far as finding the contractors, the, the biggest tip that I can give to people is you've got to understand that the people who I use are not going to be somebody who has the storefront, who has the big, beautiful trucks and the fleet of trucks. And, you know, they've got just tons of overhead that they expect me to pay for if they do work for me. That's not who I'm using. Um, all the contractors who work on my job sites are going to be some of the smaller guys. Um, we, they, they basically work from their truck. Their truck is their office. And they're off on the job site. They're swinging a hammer. They've got their own tools there. They're doing work out there as well. So we eliminate overhead, uh, the back-end overhead for these contractors by going with the right ones. And, you know, that's one of the keys. There, there are so many different ways that we work with uh, them to try to get um, the prices down. But uh, if you know, Joe, I'll just, I'll, I'll just give you an example. Most contractors will just sort of have a rule of thumb that they use for coming up with a quote for you. Mm-hmm. And that rule of thumb, you know, when, when I had a, an electrician come out to my house, he basically told me he would charge me an $11,000 per house. Today, that contractor, that electrician, he, he did not get a job from me for about the first 15 jobs. And he drove through there with his son, and his son said, Dad, how many of those houses are you doing? And his, his, he said to his son, Son, I'm embarrassed to admit that I'm not doing a single one of them. Mm-hmm. And then he came, he came back and he said, What do I need to do? This is a mile from where I live. What do I need to do to be out here working? Yeah. I said, well, you know, what you quoted us isn't going to get you the job. And, he's, and uh, he asked us what we were paying. We told him what we were paying. He told us 11000 the first time. He's doing my houses for $5,800 today. Wow. And uh, almost half the price of what he originally quoted us. And uh, we basically, uh, we know what it is that we have to pay in order for our projects to be profitable. And we are... Uh, that those are the numbers that we're going after. Um, we have people who are lining up for it, and at the same time, we have contractors who want no part of it. Their their goal is to really just get really big, get wealthy. They want to work six months out of the year, take the other six months off, and I don't fault them for that. Just they're not going to be the ones who are working for me. Yeah. And um, and so the guys who are working out on our job, they want an honest day's wages for an honest day's work. And those are the people who we bring out there. And yeah. so we've, we've been very, very successful at getting our prices. And all the time people say, there's no one around who will do it for that. We have multiple people who will do it for that. So it, it, the number one thing is if you believe that you're never going to find anybody to do it for you, well, 
that'll be the case. You won't find anybody, but when you believe that it will work, then you'll find them. Now, when you're just getting started out, I mean, right now you, it's easier for you to kind of walk away from it, like um, not be there every day is what I mean, because you already have mm-hmm. relationships with these contractors. So when, when you're just getting started out, do you recommend bidding everything out, subbing it out, you know, and then you kind of being the general contractor until you get the, until you get the feel of it, until you uh, know who the good contractors are? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, when I first got out there, I was just getting up and running here. I spent a good bit more time because I had to put everything into place. Uh, I had to find and deal with Menards to get all the right materials. But I was never the GC, and I never wanted to be the GC. Um, I had a GC in place this whole time, and it's been his job to find the contractors. And I basically have told him where I need to be with my budget, and you need to be the one who gets out there and finds the people. Now, understand this. He said, um, I want to build these houses. I said, well, if you want to build these houses, then you need to get it to my price point because I'm not going to. I'm not going to guess. I'm not going to go out there and take these chances and uh, you know take the risk of building houses and hope that you get my numbers. I want to have uh, all the estimates. I want to have everything already in place, and I want to know what the numbers are going to be before I put up a nickel for these projects. So I really pushed him into a position where he had to um, – where, where he really just had to come up with solid numbers to come to me so I knew what my back end was going to be. And in doing that, it took time, and it took going back and forward. It took me saying, well, those numbers are not good enough. We need to get something better. So he'd go back, and he'd come back with better numbers. And it, it all, at the end of the day, it all worked out, and we, we got great numbers. Um, we were a little bit fortunate that in, in that moment, you know, with the market being dead, so were all the contractors, and they were all very willing to work with us. But we also, as a result of that, know what they can do the work for, and so we expect them to do it for similar or close to, you know, the same amount that we were paying them before. We're not just going to give them a whole lot more money because things are better today. We've gone up with most everybody a little bit, but it's... Uh, we've been able to control our costs. Now today that I know what it is because it is all systematized, nobody has to ask me any questions. The only time that I get involved is, okay, what colors do you want this house to be? And in many cases, I'm just asking my real estate agent, do you want to pick the colors for this house? Because I hate picking colors. And she's like, I'd love to pick them. And she goes and picks the colors for me. Okay, good. So you're not the general contract. You're not out there with your boots and tool belts. Uh, and running to the Menards to buy materials for these guys, right? You have, you've hired a kind of a general contractor to work for you. Is that how I see it? Exactly. So the general contractor is the one who manages the projects. He's out there swinging a hammer, but he deals with all the subs, hires all the subs, schedules all the subs, orders all the materials. Um, only thing I do is on Fridays is write checks. Right. Good. And by the way, guys, when I was with Steve, <laughs> it's so funny. I was kind of like shell-shocked in a good way because Steve's this nice, humble guy. But when he was out there with these contractors talking to them and working with them, he's not a pushover. (laughs) Steve is, you know, all business, all serious, and and he expects good work. And he expects people to keep their word. 
And that's what one of the things I liked about work, being there with Steve and actually seeing him with these contractors. Um, they know they just can't pull anything over him, over his eyes, right? And they know that you know when he's when he's when somebody tells him that they'll do it, Steve's going to hold their you know what to the fire until they get it done, without being a jerk, <laughs> but but being very firm. And I think that's uh, that's that's really important, Steve. They used to test me a whole lot more. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get on Steve's bad side. I'll just say that. But it is important to have the right team in place. And I, I'm assuming, Steve, in your course, you you lay out kind of the, the budgets, you lay out uh, the materials, and you help people kind of come into this knowing what kind of house they should build, what what the materials are going to approximately cost, what are the approximate costs for the contractors, uh, how to find this general contractor guy, uh, how to manage the project step-by-step, all the way through it, right? Yes. In the course, Joe, we take everybody through every aspect of it, starting out with the land, what to look for in land, um, dealing with raw land, developed lots, um, how to control land without actually owning it. We, we talk about how to get the money to do deals and the various different ways to get money to do deals. We talk about plans and, and profitable plans, how to design your house in such a way that it makes you money and and not um, not cost you money and how to build it more profitably we talk about contractors where to find them how to negotiate with them how to break everything down uh, we talk about the materials which are the best materials to buy and which materials are we focused on and uh, we talk about pre-selling houses and you know how to um, control that whole process because the last thing in the world I want to do is be a custom home builder mm-hmm. and you know resell a house to somebody, they sort of want to come on in and start calling all the shots. And I have to sort of nip that in the butt right away and not let them come in and control the process. We have to stay in control of that process and, uh, and still give them uh, meet their expectations, but without them uh, running us amok and, and all of a sudden we take what was a profitable situation and turn it into a, a losing or break-even situation because they've had us do so much extra stuff. So we, we handle the entire, the entire thing from beginning to end on how to be profitable as a new home construction person. And it, you know we're really geared toward whether somebody's a beginner or an experienced rehabber, helping them to make that transition to new construction where they can now build a business that Frankly, one day they can sell. You know, no one can sell their rehab business, but a new home construction business where the systems are in place is a saleable business that some years down the road you could sell for you know potentially millions of dollars. I, I know one guy who sold his new home construction business for $28 million, and he was a, a rather uh, small guy. He started out rehabbing houses, went into new construction, and one day woke up he was $28 million richer. Oh, wow. So, Steve, I want to ask some more questions about all this, but I want to first point people to a website that Steve has a course. And those of you that have known Steve, he has probably one of the best courses ever done on wholesaling and rehabbing. And even though it's been a while, you've updated the course, it's still extremely relevant. Those are very, very good courses, and I highly recommend those to anybody. Um, but this is a course you've just recently created, 
And if you guys want more information, go to joelikesnewconstruction.com. joelikesnewconstruction.com. It's my affiliate link, and you'll get more information about the course. Just check it out. I, I, you're really going to like it. There's not another course out there right now like this. Uh, Steve, I want to answer or ask you some questions I think a lot of people are thinking right now. Like, you know, the market's coming back now. The market's hot. Isn't it going to be too hard? I know it's easy to sell houses, but isn't it going to be really hard to find the lots or to aren't contractors really busy right now? Isn't it hard to find any contractors, not let alone good ones? So talk about lots and finding contractors. Well, two separate things there. So let's let's focus on lots first. Um, the beauty of lots is that there's nowhere near as many people going after them. There's not the kind of competition that you would have. Uh, there's when you're dealing with big subdivisions and lots of lots, um, that gets very competitive amongst the big builders. However, me as a little builder, I'm not competing against them. I'm looking for smaller situations and looking for you know three lots here or even one lot an infill lot and um but i'm not going after the situations where i have to compete against um big builders who can crush me in that regard um so bottom line is the big builders are not interested in small subdivisions they're not interested in onesies twosies they they want large uh, in order for them to move all their resources in they want to know that they're going to be there for a while so it really opens up the opportunity for me to deal with um, individual people who have lots for sale. I can deal with banks that may have some lots foreclosed. But, you know, we go into the MLS, and that's where we can find a lot of our lots. Uh, many of them are very high days on market because most people want to buy a finished house. Most people are not interested in buying a lot. And so for us, we go out there, we buy the lots, we put up the uh, different. Uh, we put up the house and get the house sold, and so it's a much, uh, you know, better situation for us to be able to find deals and get leads. While there's many more houses than there are lots, um, we're still able to pick up lots, mm-hmm. and so our, we encourage people to just jump on the MLS, look for infill lots, drive neighborhoods, find the lot that's you know vacant in the middle of a neighborhood that nobody's ever built on. We we see them everywhere. We see them all the time. You know, at this little town, I still find infill lots. I'm like, oh, I got to go knock on that door someday. And so it's, it is very encouraging. They're not that difficult to find. Excellent. Okay, and the other question I had was about the contractors. You know, contractors are getting busier now, right? So isn't it harder to find good truck contractors willing to be at the prices you need to be at? There are some that there's no question about it. They just don't want to work for us. But... That's not the case for everybody. And, and this is the thing that we have to understand about this entire business. You know, when it comes to like making offers on houses, people would sit there and say, yeah, but HUD rejects most of the offers. I say, you're right. They do. They reject most of my offers. However, every once in a while, they do accept one. And that's what I'm looking for. And we take that same philosophy of the contractors. Most contractors are going to say, no, we're not going to do the work for that. However, there are contractors out there who will, and they're the ones that we're looking for. And, you know, the busier and the, the hotter the market gets, the maybe the more difficult it is for us to find that. But I'll tell you, we have never had an issue with finding contractors. You know, the thing that we give them that they can't get anywhere else is steady work. Yeah. We give consistent work. And so some of these guys are taking advantage of the busyness, but at the same time saying, you know what, I'm establishing this relationship with these guys. Now, because 
I'm going to have work through the winter and when things slow down and, and uh, the market isn't as good as it is right now, I'm going to have a relationship with these guys and uh, I know that they'll keep me busy for the long haul. So we've, we have not had any issues with contractors uh, and, and even though it's busy, we've had some of them say, no, we're not going to work for you. And we say, well, that's okay. We'll find somebody else. And, uh, and we always do. Good, good. Now, I imagine if you know your numbers, and it's really important to know your numbers, but you can work backwards from there, right? So if you know this house you're going to make and probably sell for this, and you want to have this profit, you work backwards, take out your commissions, your contingencies, you can pretty much break it down to where if you know how each how much each piece of the construction is going to cost, you know what the most is that you can pay for that lot, what you can pay that electrical contractor. And I guess that makes it a little easier knowing that, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, that is one of the big things about this business is we don't come into this blind. You might feel like you're going into your very first one blind because you've just never done it before. But, you know, you can have a really good idea going into your first one. And then after you've done your first one, you know exactly what it's going to cost for you to do the next one and the next one and the next one because you know, the numbers just stay consistent and uh, they're knowns. Uh, unlike a rehab where we deal with unknowns on new construction, there's no unknowns. We know everything that we're getting into on every project and um, we can pretty much pinpoint our numbers every single time. Good, good. I want to final, final questions, Steve. I want to ask you about some of the risks involved. What are some things that people need to be aware of, things that people need to watch out for when it comes to new construction? You know, I, I think that the biggest thing is uh, once you learn how to use some of the techniques that we have um, for controlling land, <clears throat> you don't want to own a whole bunch of land. Uh, you know, in the past, the big builders, the publicly traded companies, the thing that hurt them, the thing that had some of them filing bankruptcy was the fact that they owned so much land and what they needed to do was control the land. Owning land is a drain on your cash flow. Sure. It's a tremendous drain on it. So when you learn the techniques that we use for controlling land and not owning it, uh, that is where you can eliminate your biggest risk. And then on the construction side of things, I would say that to me, I think building spec homes, spe you know, speculating is yeah. safer than building custom homes. And there's, you know, most people would never argue that. They say, well, you're speculating. But I'm taking a very, very calculated risk. I'm building a house that tons of people want. I'm building it at a price point that the majority of the market can afford. And it's pretty much a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. But on the side of things you lose so much control and I have full control of the process when I'm uh, when I'm building a spec house so um, so I would say two things do not own too much land control it and avoid custom homes custom homes there's only so many of them you can do it's not a systematizable process and while you can potentially make a lot of money building a custom home you also run the risk of losing money Okay. Okay. Good. Now, Steve, what about markets like California or Phoenix, where you know the prices are just in the last couple of years have skyrocketed? Demand is super high. It's really hard to find cheap lots. Can you still do this kind of stuff in a difficult market like Southern California or maybe even Tampa, Florida, where it's very competitive? 
I think it's even easier than it would be here. Okay. <clears throat> you, don't, you don't have to find cheap lots, and that's the misnomer. Um, you need to control lots, and you could pay full retail price for lots. You could even pay a premium for lots, and as long as you control the lot and you don't own it and you're not taking that risk, you have the opportunity to be able to make a profit there. So, you know, if you think about it this way, Joe, if you just control a lot in California and say the homes are, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand, which is not a very expensive home there, but, uh, you know, let's just say it's a six hundred thousand dollar home and you're controlling a lot and it's two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand. Well, if you can go on there and you can build a house, a twenty five hundred square foot house for sixty dollars a foot. It only costs you one hundred and fifty dollars, one hundred fifty thousand to build that house on a two hundred fifty thousand dollar lot. You're into it for four hundred thousand, and you got a brand new house that's in a neighborhood that will sell for six. It's very, very feasible to do that, and uh, the key is controlling it and then building your homes affordably. And we've mastered that. We can build our houses affordably, which is what affords us the opportunity to make tremendous profits. I love it. And I'm assuming you talk about how to control those properties without owning them in the course, right? Absolutely. We share multiple ways of getting that done. And uh, it's, it's actually not that difficult. The beauty is when it comes to land, uh, unlike houses, it is expected when it comes to land. Uh, it is customary to con- for people to control land and not to own it. Whereas it's not the same way when it comes to houses. So you're not you're not trying to um, reinvent the wheel by going out there and controlling land. It's it is done every day, all the time, and so you're just employing the techniques that are regularly accepted or customary within the industry. Nice. Well, good, Steve. Again. We've talked about it. JoeLikesNewConstruction.com is a link. It's my affiliate link to Steve's course, JoeLikesNewConstruction.com. When I get back in St. Louis, Steve, I'm going to take another look at this because uh, this is something I can think of right now, about two or three areas not too far from where I live where I know I can get lots and I can build really nice homes. The great thing about this is I, I love the idea of building homes, rehabbing homes, wholesaling homes, whatever, in the median price range. Because if you look at all of the homes that sell in your particular county and you rank them from cheapest to highest, that median price range is the bell curve. So if you look at all the homes that sold, most of them sold into this price range, right? And no matter what kind of deals you're doing, if you can stay in that price range, your probability of success are just way higher. Every deal I've lost money on, and I've done two rehabs, and I've lost money on two rehabs, it's been because these were properties outside of the median price range. I didn't listen to Steve. I didn't tell him about the deals, or I hadn't started in the coaching program yet, Steve. I don't remember. (laughs) But these were properties that I lost my shorts on, and they were just outside of the median price range. And so what Steve's talking about here are not these expensive, huge homes that are custom built. These are just normal looking homes that he's making really huge profits on. I love this business. I like it a lot. And I'm excited to promote it, Steve. I'm I'm excited because I've been to Baraboo, Wisconsin. I've been with you in your car, driving to these houses and looking, walking through them, walking in the mud. It was really muddy then. I think it was in the spring. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've seen them firsthand. They're gorgeous homes. 
and uh, you're selling these things before you're even completed with them. It's just amazing. It's blowing me away. Um, now, in your course, talk a little bit about what you have in the course. It's it's an online course, right? And you have videos and live footage, cameras with you actually in front of the houses, right? Yep. We we It's a combination of being online with a webinar where I'm doing a lot of teaching, but then we also have the video aspect of it to sort of give everybody that hands-on feel, getting them right out to the job sites, seeing exactly what we're talking about, putting a picture with it rather than um, just theory. Uh, we have interviews with the contractors while we're out on the site, and you get to see the guys actually doing the work, and we, we take it from every aspect of it because, you know, Joe, I have multiple projects going on at any given time, and we're at all different phases, so we're taking everybody right from the getting the foundation in the ground phase to having a house that's completely finished with somebody ready to move into it and everything in between, the framing, the systems. So we have... Um, all of that covered in the course. Uh, we have every single receipt. I, I took my files and everything that I have spent on these houses, every invoice, every receipt is all included with the course um, so that somebody can see to the penny what I spend on my houses, not just me throwing numbers out there and saying, hey, this is what it costs, but instead I'm giving you every single part of it. You get to see what I paid for the lots. You get to see how I control the lots. You get to see the HUD-1 on the buy for the lot. You get to see the HUD-1 on the sale of the house. All the contracts, everything, uh, you know, and dealing with it. So I'm holding nothing back whatsoever because I know that there's people who find it difficult to believe that this can really be done. And so we were just providing 100% of the evidence that this is exactly what I get it done for. My agreement with my contractor and how much I pay him is all included in there. You get to see exactly what it is. It's the actual contract. Um, all my handwritten notes on everything are all in there. This isn't something that was um, just made up to you know put out there, but this is the actual working documents, my, my handwritten spreadsheets. Because uh, I'm not a. Oh, I'm not Steve loves quit. spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm but, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, as you know, I don't like spreadsheets. So all my stuff is handwritten, but it's all in there. That's so and, funny. Uh, it's ready to ready to go. And so we have we're holding absolutely nothing back. I'm including the house plans uh, with the with the course. Um, trying to think of what else is in there, but it is as comprehensive as we could possibly even imagine, you know, a course being put together. I held nothing back, um, right down to, you know, if there's a $3 receipt from Menards in there, it's in there. Yeah. And we scanned, scanned every single one of those things in so someone can see exactly what we paid to build a house. Very nice. I love it. I'm actually really excited. And if I wasn't in Prague right now, we're going to be here. We're traveling to Germany and Austria, and then we're going on a cruise to the Mediterranean. Um, and then we're going to Spain. And if I, <laughs> I'm saying that because I have to, my, I, I'm itching to go <laughs> to get, get looking into this because I know right now there's some areas in St. Charles County where I live that would be perfect for this. And um, I've been thinking a lot about this while I've been here in Prague. I'm wholesaling houses now virtually, you know, in Prague, but I'm starting to really think about bigger deals. I'm starting to think about um, some building a portfolio and, and start flipping bigger deals, getting more involved with that again, because I've been wholesaling for years and years and years. 
And I love the idea and the be the ability to control my profits, be much more in control of my profits with new construction. So this is exciting. I, I, I'm really excited, Steve. I know you've been talking about this for years and years. You put a ton of work and effort into building this course, and there's just a lot in there. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. If anybody is out there interested, go to joelikesnewconstruction.com, joelikesnewconstruction.com. That'll take you to a page where you can get more information about this course from Steve. Also, guys, if, you, if you're interested in life and air, I've done a couple interviews with Steve in the past. Uh, you can go look at realestateinvestingmastery.com and listen to those prior interviews with Steve. Just go to lifeinair.com to get more information. Steve has, I would call it the, the coaching program for the coaches. There's a lot of real estate investing coaches have been coached by Steve, and uh, he's been around for a long time. He's seen it all, and he has a lot of wisdom. And this, like I was saying at the very beginning, this is... This is like a ministry for Steve. It's he's given he's given uh, a lot into this to see people succeed, and and he has probably Steve. I'm just going to venture to guess more successful students than maybe most or if any other coaches out there that are kind of nationally known. Got so many success stories and testimonials from Life and Air. It's awesome, and I'm proud to promote this. Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Joe, thank you. Appreciate you having me and uh, looking forward to continuing to do other things in the future. Great, guys. Joe likes newconstruction.com. To get more information about this course, go look at lifeinair.com. The, the URL for that is L-I-F-E-O-N-A-I-R-E. L-I-F-E-O-N-A-I-R-E.com, lifeinair.com. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later. Thanks, Steve.